no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. Transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times, by means of Prajnaparamita, fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way. Te ata om gate gate paragate parasangati bodhisoha. Thus Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita, just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. Shandara <laughs> The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love, and let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready, a shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide. <coughs>
Tell so once again, we're looking at uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. 
Uh, and if we begin by looking at the outline, we find that it starts with uh, how to rely upon the teacher that is the root of the path. And then the next category of the stages of how students train their minds after having relied upon the teacher or the Lama. Uh, under that category, we find two categories, an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, and then how to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. The second category, the how to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, we find the actual way to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. And we begin there with uh, three major categories, training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity, training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Under the major heading of training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity, we have three categories. The actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity, and then dispelling misconceptions related to the person of small capacity. Uh, the first category, the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, we find two categories. First, developing the state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives. And then second, uh, relying on a means or a method for achieving happiness in one's next life. Uh, so under that category... Uh, relying on a means or a method for achieving happiness in one's next life, we find two major headings. First, refuge, uh, and then the second heading of karma and its results. Uh, so now we're currently in the section on karma and its results. So if we look at the categories of karma and its results, we find that there are, we begin with the major headings of, of three. First, how to reflect on karma and its results in general. Uh, second, how to reflect on karma and its, res uh, karma and its effects specifically or in particulars. Uh, and then the third category is uh, how one abandons non-virtue and engages in virtue after having uh, reflected on karma and its effects in general. Uh, so those are the three major headings. Uh, and then under the first category of uh, how to reflect on karma and its effects in general, we find two major headings. Uh, first major heading, the, the, ten, the principal teaching of the ten paths of action. Uh, and then the second category, uh, which is the determination of the effects uh, of actions. Uh, so under the second category, the determination of the effects of actions, uh, we find three major headings that we go through. First, black actions and their effects. Second, white actions and their effects. And third, a presentation of other classifications of karma. Uh, and we're currently now dealing with black actions uh, and their effects. <laughs> Nabilinumwa and when we look at the uh, black actions and their effects, we'll find three categories. The actual paths of black actions, distinctions of weight, and an exposition of effects. So when we get to the first category, the actual... Uh, paths of black actions. 
uh, we find then the presentation of the ten non-virtuous actions. And then we find uh, the, uh, we go through the various aspects that are necessary for a path completion uh, effect related to these ten uh, non-virtuous actions. So we find that there have to be four aspects present. We have to um, first have basis, uh, second attitude, third performance, and then uh, fourth uh, completion or culmination. Uh, and we relate these aspects to all of the other uh, non-virtuous deeds, but we also relate these to um, ethical behaviors in general. Uh, so when we look at the um, uh, restraints or the ethics of the fully ordained a monk or nun or the um, novice monk or nun, uh, those also have to um, ha have those four aspects present um, also in order for there to be an infraction when we look at uh, breaking any among those other types of ethical uh, behaviors or, or, or actually engaging in any of those other kinds of uh, um, not ethical behaviors according to the vow system that you've taken. Uh, so we apply these same forward to the other, uh, uh, other types of ethical ethics and, and non-virtues when we look at infractions. Okay, so uh, when uh, we look at the way in which we um, um, categorize these various non-virtuous deeds, we find that there are three non-virtuous activities of the body, four non-virtuous activities of the speech, and three non-virtuous activities of the mind. So we're currently uh, dealing with the section on the non-virtuous activities of the mind, uh, which are covetousness, malice, or harmful intent, and wrong view. Uh, so uh, the covetousness begins on page 224 uh, uh, in the English, uh, and it's at the bottom of page 170 in the Tibetan. What <laughs> ね、カニンドスジェルメチ。タジェルメチオテ、ジュンタマチツウナチソンブ、ジュンタマチツウソンブテ、ナチインスケンテンドバテジェジェインス。ハマナジインス。オテソンドマルベ。ああね。ベ
uh, we find when we look at the categories, uh, categories of uh, uh, Jayan Sheba's text, uh, we find that we have the three categories of the actual um, um, uh, culmination of, uh, of senseless speech, and then the divisions, uh, and then the uh, debates or uh, debates. Um, so when we look at the um, actual uh, um, culmination of senseless speech, we find that it's having finished an utterance of senseless speech. When we look at the divisions, which is the second category according to Jayan Sheba, we find that there are these seven divisions or the seven bases of senseless speech. Uh, and then at the end, uh, the, the debate we find, uh, where we find the two systems uh, with regard to the three vocal faults. Uh, some, uh, it says one asserts that they are senseless speech and one that they are not. I have stated that here in line with the former, in Ramanson Kappa follows that all of the other three non-virtues of the speech, um, uh, um, gossip, I'm, I'm sorry, lying, divisive speech, and offensive speech would all categorically fall under the um, gossip category, whereas other systems say that that's not necessarily so. But Lama Sankapa says that he asserts that he follows the view that it is gossip. Uh, so uh, we're looking at that last thing right before the non-virtues of the mind. Uh, and that begins on 2.23 uh, and ends on 2.24 where covetousness begins. What the <laughs> Nagging so here it says there uh, are two systems with, with regard to the first three vocal faults. So the reason uh, that we find these three, uh, um, it says three vocal faults, 
uh, is that we can say that the vocal fault of lying, uh, the vocal fault of, uh, um, of, uh, of divisive speech, and the vocal fault of offensive speech is senseless speech, but we can't say that if it's lying, it's necessarily <coughs> senseless speech because we find that there's nonverbal lying. So one could, we have, when we look at lying, we look at the two categories of lying. We have verbal and uh, speech lying and then body, body lying or lying by, by the body. Uh, these are two possibilities, speech and body. So we can't say that when one lies through one's body that it falls categorically under senseless speech. Uh, so this is the reason for the specification, uh, three vocal faults here. And the reason that Lama Tsongkhapa is asserting that uh, he follows with the point that it is senseless speech is because uh, in the Abhidharma Kosha, we find Basubandhu stating that if it, is if it is a word possessing afflictions, it's necessarily gossip. Um, so if it's a word, words possessing afflictions or possessive, afflicted, afflicted words, then it's necessarily gossip. So this is why J. Rinpoche follows that the system of the Abhidharma, uh, because they those would be words that are afflicted. そうと、ワタテムナセンネセルタスモトマルベ。ヒジ。ヒジソナセンネセ。ナセンタネセ。ナセンタペシンドシャウ、ドシャコンジンソマルベ。ドシャジ。ネセンタシダン。イジロタ
or the opposite of it, um, have, having aversion. Uh, we see that in the root wisdom text by Nagarjuna, it says that in dependence on those things that one finds attractive, there is attachment, and dependence upon one, those things that one finds uh, unattractive, there is aversion. Uh, so we find that uh, anger um, uh, um, is what uh, gives rise to this uh, aversion. Um, or, or this anger is this, the aversion is anger uh, that uh, um, is arisen from seeing something that one finds unattractive. Um, so, but we can't say that if it is uh, um, something that's attractive or unattractive that it necessarily gives rise to aversion or attachment because the Buddha is always uh, um, cognizing things that are attractive but doesn't have uh, necessarily these attachments and so forth. So we can't say that these objects are necessarily um, uh, um, those objects of necessarily objects of attachment, but we can say that for ordinary beings like ourselves, uh, attachment uh, is a, uh, gives, uh, rises up in dependence upon uh, something we find attractive. And aversion <coughs> or anger rises up in dependence upon something that we, f we find unattractive. Um, so this is uh, how we, we, we look at these two uh, different states of, of attraction versus uh, aversion uh, and how covetousness uh, is founded or grounded in attachment. So when we look at the opponents to these various negativities, when we look at the opponent to covetousness, we look for the opponent to attachment. And the opponent to, or the antidote for attachment is meditation upon impurity or, or the ugliness of things. So when we look at the opponent to that attachment that is attached to something that it finds attractive, we find that the meditation opponent is the uh, um, meditating on the impurity or the ugliness of that thing that we're finding uh, attractive. Uh, and then if we look at the opposite for, uh, for aversion or, or, in, or hatred or, um, or anger, then meditation upon love serves as an opponent to that anger or hatred. Uh, so we look at uh, the, all of these negativities um, have opponents uh, as well as things that perpetuate them. So it's similar to the fact that hot can stop cold, cold can stop hot. Example? <laughs> Mud Sabu is a good 
ਮੈਂ ਨਾ ਬਜੀ ਨਾਦੂ ਦੇ ਤੂ ਮੈਂ ਦਰੋਦਾ ਉਹ ਤੇ ਪਈ ਬਰ ਇੱਕ ਜੰਪੋ ਸ਼ਾਜੂ ਜੀ ਮੈਚੂ ਜੀ ਟਾਰੀ ਤੇ ਨੇ ਮੈਂ ਲੈ ਜੀ ਮੈਂ ਸ਼ਾਜੂ ਕੋ ਮੈਂ ਟਾਰੀ ਨਾ ਕਰ ਟਾਰੀ ਕੋ ਮਲ ਨਾ ਕਰ ਕੋਈ ਟਾਰੀ ਟਾਰੀ ਕੋਲ 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 ਤਾਸੀ ਕੋਲ ਤਾਸੀ ਹੱਥ So in the prominent I want to just get this exact but I'm uh, the meaning will will follow through here. So the in the prominent vartika karika we find very three various uh, um, signs in in of of opponent. Um, so well, the first one it shows uh, um, the sign of cancellation or something cancellation. Uh, so how it, it shows how hot <coughs> cancels cold and cold cancels hot. Uh, so the subject, the person in an eastern direction uh, who is uh, touching uh, something cold, um, uh, uh, so person who is in eastern direction who is touching uh, something cold is relieved of their uh, um, heat, is relieved of their heat at that moment. So the, they're touching something cold. The, ta- the tactile sensation that was hot is no longer hot because it's canceled out by the cold that the person is touching. Uh, so here, this is the ca- ca- sign of cancellation, or opponent, which is a cancellation. Um, I, I want to really look all of this up, uh, um, but this is an opponent that is a cancellation. Tumble. Then Nipa? Oh, that the bamboo should be hedging ハンバーグ。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そうちゃう。そ
they are uh, they when they fight with each other, they're giving each other equal punishment, equal harm, uh, so that that somehow that the, there's a. Uh, this is going to go somewhere, but th this is the second example is that a, of equal harm. So the first is the cancellation, and the next is an equal harm. And then the example is of the crow and the owl who are fighting equally harming one another. Kansar <laughs> Uh, so here, um, it, it's the, the wisdom realizing the selflessness of per person uh, is, an, uh, is an opponent to um, uh, uh, is an opponent to the grasping at true establishment because it realizes the lack of true establishment. So that it harms the view that grasps that true establishment. So the wisdom realizing the selflessness of person, Rinpoche said the wisdom realizing emptiness, uh, harms or is an opponent to uh, the, the wrong idea that grasps that true establishment. So it is a harm, it is it harms that view. So this is how uh, the example of this equal harming of the bird, this, this harms the wrong, the wrong view. Uh, so here we find that the uh, meditation upon uh, ugliness uh, or it becomes then an opponent to attachment that then becomes an opponent to covetousness. So it's similar to the, the harm that's taking place with the, 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 the fighting, uh, the, the harm that's taking place. And likewise, the wisdom realizing emptiness is an opponent to or harms uh, the grasping at true establishment. So when we recognize that the rope is not a snake, then this uh, um, harms the idea that the rope is a snake. So it's similar to that uh, um, this meditation upon ugliness or impurity then becomes the opponent to uh, um, the attachment, and likewise, the love and compassion becomes the opponent to aversion or hatred. Um, so this is how uh, uh, we we see that these things uh, um, um, negate the the or harm the, the, their opponents. <laughs> 
So that this atta- this covetousness comes arises out of this attachment, which is putting in, uh, inappropriate qualities upon what one is attracted to. It's not to say there isn't something that is attractive. It's pers- it's putting these qualities onto what one is finding attractive that are are not uh, are are actually uh, wrong mistaken consciousness or wrong consciousness so these qualities that one is putting onto this thing so we find these subjects of the eastern, uh, the person in the eastern direction uh, who is, uh, has a, uh, um, touching a cold feeling is negating one's hot feeling and so forth in the signs and reasoning texts and in the Pramanavartika Karika, uh, Dharmakirti's com- uh, commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition. So we find uh, these topics that we're presenting here, that presented in those, pl- in those places. So now we'll slowly go through the section on uh, covetousness. So when we look at the, uh, this topic of covetousness, we find that there will be these four categories, the basis, um, attitude, performance, and culmination. Uh, so there will be these four um, aspects here. Uh, and the first, we begin with basis. Uh, so the basis is, uh, um, of covetousness is the wealth uh, or possessions of another person. Uh, so here, uh, these are only um, if one desires them or wants them. Uh, 
Um, so here, the, there is a qualification uh, that one is wanting this, when we look at this covetousness, one is wanting uh, or desiring these possessions or wealth. Um, so uh, for the, in order for this actual covetousness to take place, there has to be a desire for these uh, possessions uh, and so forth. Um, and then... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh. Okay. Um, so here, the basis of covetousness are the wealth and possessions of another. Of the three aspects of the attitude, the perception is the perceiving the basis of what it, uh, to be what it is. So here, the basis to be the wealth or possession of another. Uh, and the affliction is any among the three. Coveting because one is attached. Coveting because one uh, has hatred or aversion or coveting out of delusion. Uh, and then here, the motivation is the desire to make the property, wealth or property your own. Uh, so here one is wanting to have these things. This is a desire or a want to have them. And then the performance is striving at the completed purpose. So actually engaging in the work to, to make uh, the possessions of another become the property of your own. So I asked Rinpoche, that's what the, I just asked, what is this uh, striving at that completed purpose? What does that mean? Rinpoche says engaging in the work to make that actually happen. Uh, and the culmination is thinking, uh, may it become mine about the wealth and the like. So here, uh, the basis of covetousness are the wealth and possessions of another. Uh, and then they have the three aspects of attitude. 
and then the performance is actually working at completing the purpose of wa of wanting to make the property of someone else's one's own and then the the completion is thinking uh, may it become mine about uh, the wealth and the um, possessions of another uh, so once one thinks thinks in this one's uh, w one thinks may this thing which i want become mine uh, at that point the attachment has arisen and then covetousness is present ジャンジェブテルサジソンディネタジバセドドテンバセドテンバドテンバタガシャオネバオシドテンバチェテネズビチェマズビチェサジソンディネアネタンボドワテタガシャオタジバセドワテドテンバテレシャ ダグシャワタチバセドワテドテンバテレシャダグシャワチュジニャバオサワテジタテラナセンヨンスズバラチュガンサンゴヨンスズビセナセンテヨンスナセンヨンスズバチバラチュジガンサンゴレスガマサナ
so the in covetousness, when we get to the fourth category of uh, the completion or culmination, Jamian uh, Sheba uh, says there are three specific sections here. First, the abbreviated culmination. Second, a full-fledged culmination. And then third, uh, what makes an, an, not a full-fledged culmination, or what is, yeah, what is not full-fledged. Um, so the first category deals with the abbreviated culmination, and that's where uh, it states uh, Sangha's point, that it, it describes this as the determination that it will become yours. Uh, so here, this is the abbreviation, abbreviated way to explain what culmination is, according to Jayan Sheba. Uh, and uh, so here... Uh, um, Laman Tsongkhapa state uh, pulls from a Sangha's text and, and quotes a Sangha. So that's the abbreviation. The next uh, is the full-fledged category. Uh, and then there are five points that are made. So Jaiman Sheba says, what makes a full-fledged covetousness? Uh, so we go from abbreviated to full-fledged uh, explanation. Uh, full-fledged requires these five uh, um, qualities here. Uh, and then the last category is what is not full-fledged, which we'll get into after. Uh, but right now, what is full-fledged, having a mind that is exceedingly attached to your own resources. So being attached to what you currently have and own, the things that you have, your house, your car, etc. Uh, so the basis begins with attachment to your own things. Uh, and then the second category is an attachment that wants to accumulate lots of many resources, food and drinks, trying to accumulate these things. It's a desire to have many, many things. Uh, the third is a mind, having a mind lo of longing due to comprehending or experiencing uh, the, the uh, good things of others, their wealth, uh, and so forth. So it's seeing what others have, finding their things to be attractive, uh, and then wanting those things that they have. Um, so this is the third category. The fourth category, having an envious mind, thinking that whatever is another's uh, should uh, be your own, uh, is um, a mind that is in, almost making an aspiration or aspiring uh, um, to have others' things. Uh, so it's the same word as a dedication or an aspirational prayer is used here, but it's an aspiration to have others' things. Uh, and then the fifth is uh, having a mind that is overcome due to covetousness, by shamelessness and obliviousness, <coughs> the determin uh, determination to be free from the faults of covetousness. So here, uh, this is a lack of shame that one has about one's covetousness, where he or she doesn't think that being covetous 
is bad. There's anything wrong with it. So it's a shamelessness uh, uh, related to this obliviousness. So it's not having shame about what one is doing, here being covetous, um, because one is oblivious to the fact that one shouldn't be covetous. Uh, So here uh, it's uh, about the determination. So one uh, is oblivious to wanting to be free from covetousness is a better way to put it. Not just oblivious to it, oblivious to the the want or desire to be free from it. Um, So that's the uh, fifth category under uh, what makes a full-fledged covetousness. There's what? ตานาเซจิบลานะซุซุกิจาลาชาบะยอบะจูโกโตะซุซุจาลาชาบะเมนานาเซจิโตเมนะดาจุมบะตุซุซุจาลาชาบะยอมาเรเมนซุซอนน
uh, to his or her own resources, and therefore a faux destroyer does not have covetousness. Uh, so uh, by not having one or all uh, of these things, it's not a full-fledged covetousness, so it negates that. Uh, so the next is having a mind of attachment that wants to accumulate resources. Uh, so here, uh, wanting to have many things. A faux destroyer uh, doesn't have this desire or attachment to accumulate many things, therefore he or she doesn't have covetousness. Uh, the next, having a, a mind of longing due to comprehending or experiencing the good things of others, their wealth and so forth. So looking at the things that others have, wealth and their things, uh, and, and finding them to be very attractive and then becoming attached. A faux destroyer doesn't have this, therefore he or she doesn't have covetousness. Uh, the next category, having an envious mind that is thinking whatever is another should be your own. This is that aspiration, that prayer almost, uh, aspiration to want what others have. A faux destroyer doesn't have this aspiration to want what others have, therefore he or she doesn't have covetousness. And then the last category, having a mind that is overcome uh, due to covetousness, um, by shamelessness. So having a mind that is not, that uh, has no shame uh, and is oblivious about the need to be free from covetousness. A faux destroyer uh, doesn't have that negative quality, therefore he or she does not have covetousness. Uh, so uh, these are the uh, five uh, qualities that are required, and if any among these five are missing, then there is not a full-fledged covetousness. Uh, so we'll take a short break uh, and we'll be right back. So when we look at Jayan Sheba's uh, outline, we find those three categories. First, the abbreviation of culmination, the full-fledged culmination, and then not full-fledged. So we begin with the abbreviated full uh, culmination, and that's where it says, Asanga describes this as the determination that it will become yours. Uh, so this is that first category. So now the next is the, the, the full-fledged covetousness, and then there are five qualities that are required for this. Jibaji, <laughs> 
ตาดมาจูบิเซดเดเรตามาจูบิเซดเดลาซาจิซุงเดกดูมาจูบิเซดตาญยุตุจุอันเนมาจูบิเซจิเจชิซาจิซุงจางจิบิซาจิซุงเ
So when we look at then this uh, next, so we look at the categories, we find the three categories. The first um, category of the abbreviated uh, culmination, the second category of what makes full-fledged covetousness, and then a third category of uh, what makes it not a full-fledged covetousness. Now in that category, Jaiman Sheba says there are three categories. Um, so the first category is the um, uh, um, what the actual meaning of of uh, what what it me actually means if it's not uh, full fledged or what it means to be not full fledged. So here it's answered: if any of these five minds are not present, there is no actual covetousness. So the first category is what it actually means to not be full fledged, and then the next category is. Um, uh, um, uh, 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 a doubt that's related to uh, the performance of other deeds or doubts that may arise related to the performance of other deeds. Uh, so here it says the level of yogic deeds says to apply these five to all ten non-virtues. So the question here is is that uh, do when we look at these other ten non-virtuous activities, do we uh, apply these five to them as well? Um, so this is the next section uh, that's dealing with um, um, the doubts related to the performance of deeds. Um, so that's the second category. So the first category under not full-fledged is what makes it uh, uh, not a full-fledged. What, what is an actual not full-fledged covetousness? Uh, and in this case, uh, we're talking about covetousness. It says when the five minds aren't present. And then it says, now the next question is, do we apply these to the other ten and the answer is yes, we apply these, and according to Sangha's levels of yogic deeds, we apply these same five to the other ten. And then the next uh, is the expansion by example. Um, so here there will be examples um, of, uh, um, uh, um, it says, uh, as for the manner in which an action might constitute covetousness that is not full-fledged, it is, is such covetousness when you give rise to the following desires. So there will be examples um, of not full-fledged uh, um, covetousness. Uh, and so it's expanded examples. So, uh, yeah, so examples. Um, so these will be, uh, be the, the categories that we go into. So the... Chu tambo lasun. The ewa dru. Chu tambo lasun. Losun. The ewa dru. You're right. The nge tsampa tambo lasun. Ewa. Yeah, ewa dru. Nasa 
ane zubi tela nasen yonsu zuba la çünga çanko desa zubi setro o teba tu zubi setiye ta ma zubi sete sete ngabu garu masana ngabu garu masana sirwa sete ngabu garu masana nasen nasen jiceni Nosso mazuso, mazubu setengues, mazubu setengues ジョアソンベジ。ラセオ。オテジョアルトバジョブレス。テネ。タマジュビチェンジマルベ。テ。タソンバテマジュビチェンジジェシェ。ノソマジュビチェンジジェバシェバ。アネ。タンデンレディオ
then it is an actual, not a full-fledged covetousness. And then the next category is the doubts related to other, uh, um, other performances. Um, so doubts related to other performances. <coughs> performance here, performing any among the ten non-virtues. There are two lineages of instruction, um, or two systems of, uh, related to this. And Laman Tsongkhapa says, uh, one system states... Uh, that we don't apply these five to the other ten non-virtues, but the um, system according to Asanga uh, in the text called the Level of Yogic Deeds states that we do apply these five. So Lama Tsongkhapa states that we do apply these five to all of the ten uh, non-virtuous deeds. And then the last category is the examples, um, but by expansion by way of example or expanded examples. Uh, here it says, as for the manner in which an action might constitute covetousness that is not full-fledged, it is such covetousness when you give rise to the following desires. So the first example uh, will be given now. Uh, so the thought, oh, how nice it would be if the master of the house were to become my servant and the things could be, uh, could be however I would wish them. So here this is the thought, for instance, if a king, the king of the land, you wish that the king uh, could become your servant and then you could take the place of the king. Uh, or, for instance, the mayor of Middletown, Rinpoche said, uh, if you then uh, could make the mayor your servant and become the, the mayor. Uh, so it's this thought of, of wanting to put someone under you uh, to make them serve you who is uh, in a higher position. So Rinpoche gave the example of a king or a mayor. Uh, uh, so this is that first, um, the first one. Uh, when you Tetra <laughs> Namatsambe Okay. Okay. 
Why is this not full-fledged covetousness, these examples? And, and I said, is it only thinking what the thought is in this example? And he said, well, it's this example, and you'll see it's not possessing all of these five qualities uh, in the example. So uh, that's what we were dialoguing about, because I was just trying to figure out why wanting all of these things wouldn't be a full-fledged, but it's saying missing these, it doesn't have all of these five present. Uh, so the thought, how nice it would be if the master of the house were to become my servant and things could be however I wish them to be. So the, the, this reversal of the, the king becomes the ser- our servant or the ma- mayor. And then it says, and also with a thought with regard to his wife and children. So the, the king's wife and children. Uh, and then the possessions that uh, uh, he has and so forth. And his physical possessions such as food and so forth. So Rinpoche said, a king would have so many different possessions, so many things. So wishing that these things, the wife, the children, the possessions were one's own. The So here the next is the thought, oh, how nice it would be if others knew me to have good qualities such as being dispassionate, retiring, perseverance, learned, and generous. So uh, wishing that one has, that others know that you possess these qualities that others have. So these are not qualities that you possess. This is saying how nice it would be if others knew of these, these, uh, that I had these qualities. And then there's a list of these qualities that one wishes that others uh, knew you had, one had. The thought, how nice it would be if kings and ministers and the four types of followers of the Buddha uh, were to respect me and if I were to obtain such necessities as food and clothing. Chema 
Jewa so the next is developing a desire, thinking then then jipo chongo dan tomo lanji rimba the the chapagare. Ta ko then then ko to kaso gure. Hai le don lonche to kalo hai duze damo tongre se yidunga onse le deba injere. Te injere ma te injere dan a jipo chongo da bo do ta. Ko de. Uh, so here, um, developing desire, thinking, uh, oh, may I be reborn in the future as a deity and enjoy the deity's five sensory objects, and may I be born from the worlds of the fierce ones in Vishnu as a deity in the heaven of controlling others' emanations, the highest of the six divine regions of the desire realm. So I just asked Rinpoche, what's the difference between this and the mind of a person of small capacity who's desiring just these things? Um, so Rinpoche said that uh, any, the, the des any of the desire to be reborn in, in these places and so forth would be the small capacity. But it's being attached uh, to, uh, here it says, the five sensory objects of place, of play. So the... Uh, um, the sights, the smells, the taste, the tactile sensations, um, and the sounds and so forth that the gods play with. Being, uh, coveting those things, being attached to those things and wanting those things. Uh, so it's not the actual realm, um, it's, it's the things of, of that existence. The five sensory objects, uh, um, the worlds where they abide and so forth. And then it says, as a, a deity in uh, the heaven controlling others' emanations, so that the, when we look at the six realms of the desire realm, that's the highest realm. And so the things, the place, the body, and so forth. So uh, this attachment to, to those, those things is what number five is speaking of. Any other desire to be reborn in those realms would fall categorically under the, the training the mind, the stages, the shared in common, path shared in common with beings of small capacity as a note because the goal is the higher realm rebirth. Um, so Rimache said that any other things... So the, there's this mistaken idea, just like one is mistaking a rope for a snake, this mistaken idea of that the, there's truly nectar that the gods possess that one then becomes attached to. So there's a mistaken conception that's taking place uh, in that particular case as well. <laughs> Tambasubashi, then I 
so here, the last category, developing desire for the possessions of parents, children, servants, and the like, or the possessions of your uh, fellow religious practitioners. So when we look at um, Pabunka Rinpoche's commentary uh, in this section, uh, we find that the, uh, the mind of covetousness uh, is a mind that, that thinks, if only I had that. Um, so there's this idea, uh, if only I had that, if I only had those possessions of parents, children, servants, and the like. Uh, so this is how Pavunka qualifies the covetousness by this, if only I had that. Um, so we can see how that number six point uh, relates to uh, Pavunka's commentary on that. So there are six categories here uh, related to um, uh, the, the covetousness, non-full-fledged covetousness. Mm. But we'll go through them slowly. So we need to go over these again and again. Uh, go around them again and again, and then look at Dalai Lama's commentaries, compare them, and, and, and listen, uh, and then we'll, we'll know more. Listen and compare, and we'll know more. Decent. <laughs> Chungatongo so once again, uh, looking at Jayan Sheba's uh, outline, uh, um, we look at uh, the actual um, culmination or the actual completion uh, when we're looking at covetousness. Uh, we find uh, in the abbreviated form, the first category, the, uh, we find that it is, as the Sangha states, the determination that it will become yours. So this is the abbreviated um, uh, section. Uh, of the actual uh, um, uh, culmination or completion. Uh, and the next category is uh, how it is a full-fledged uh, covetousness. Uh, and then we find the four categories that have to be present, uh, um, uh, the five categories, rather, that have to be present. Uh, and then the next category of Jayan Sheva's is what constitutes not full-fledged. Uh, um, uh, and, uh, and then in that 
section, we find that there are three categories as well. So uh, um, the first category we could call uh, the measure of what is not full-fledged. Uh, so the measure is if any of these five are not present, there is no actual uh, covetousness. So that's the measure of what is not full-fledged. The next is debate related to um, um, performance. Uh, and then we find that there are two systems of belief, uh, um, uh, one that states that uh, we do not apply all these five to all ten non-virtues, uh, and then one uh, um, that states that we do. Uh, the one that states what we do is uh, um, uh, uh, we find in the levels of yogic deeds by Master of Sangha, uh, and uh, Lama Tsongkhapa follows that particular uh, tradition. And, and then the last category are the examples, expanded examples, uh, and then we find that they'll be of uh, what is not full-fledged, and then we'll find six categories that we go over in that section. Mm-hmm. So if we don't know what these words mean, then it won't mean anything to us. So can we have we can have covetousness that isn't a full-fledged covetousness. So what's the difference? What what differentiates between what is covetousness and what is full-fledged covetousness? Uh, so. We have to be able to um, look at all of these uh, points in, in order to know what the meaning uh, of it is. Uh, so in order for uh, uh, it to be full-fledged covetousness, there have to be these five qualifi- qualifications present. But there can be covetousness that isn't full-fledged covetousness, uh, and that would be a covetousness that doesn't have all five of, of, of these um, uh, present. Um, so when we... ก็ไก่ไก่เจสันจิการิสมเบรกจิดเดสลาโรนาเนงิกทริงเยอะกะเดอะไอ้ฟอร์กอตเนื้อสุดจุบินาเซนเนื้อสุดมาจุบินา
in order for it to be full-fledged covetousness, there have to be these five qualifications present. But from that thought, there can be covetousness without these five present, but it won't be a full-fledged covetousness. So if we see these words and don't know what full-fledged covetousness uh, or, or this uh, seeing an attractive object and developing desire, uh, and we don't know what this whole process means, uh, then we won't know what we're reading when we, we read more detailed information in a book. Uh, and that's why it's important to go through this in such detail so that when we see these words describing something that's very in-depth, we'll know what the in-depth part is that it's describing. Uh, so... Um, then, we, then we can really analyze what is covetousness. If we can say that there are forms of it that aren't full-fledged and, and what does that mean and so forth. So we can look at it in a truly complete way. So then we look at it even more in depth. We uh, look at uh, full-fledged covetousness and covetousness uh, what are these? These are consciousness. Uh, and then when we look at the seven types of consciousness, uh, what category would these fall under? We would say they fall under the seventh consciousness, which is the uh, wrong consciousness, um, because they are, are mistaken uh, with, with uh, regard uh, um, to the object. So they're a mistaken wrong consciousness. Uh, so they would fall categorically um, under uh, number uh, seven. Um, because they are afflicted, uh, afflicted uh, view, an afflicted view, and therefore wrong consciousness. That wrong view of truth is about lucidity. Lucidity is not about lucidity. Too many lucidity are not there. Too many lucidity are just carrying over the image. That about truth is the image. What does it mean? Too many lucidity are not there. Too many lucidity are not there. That is not there. What does it mean? Too many lucidity are not there. So when we look at uh, uh, wrong consciousness, we can divide it into two categories. Uh, um, uh, conceptual wrong consciousness and non-conceptual. Uh, madopa. Dopa luxe. Dopa da madopa. Dopa luxe denzin. Denzin da nyomoy na dopa luxe imchap. Denzin na dopa luxe imchap lagurwa. ジェバタバジュンジンイシェバトトバロシェジェレ。ベンメドペロシェガレガリエン。タバジュカロンホブナミキシェバ。カロンホブナミキシェバ。カロンカブロ。ソノマディカブロ。ソノマディカブロ。
um, wrong consciousness, conceptual wrong consciousness. Uh, we would find the, the affl any afflictions uh, grasping at true establishment to be conceptual wrong consciousness that covetousness would fall under. Non-conceptual wrong consciousness would be, for instance, the apprehension of a white snow mountain as blue. Uh, this would be a, a non-conceptual wrong consciousness. Uh, so we're just looking at the different categories. And Rinpoche gave the exact definition of wrong consciousness, and I'll have to look that up in order to get the clear exact definition. So, Within the continuum of mistaken consciousness, something to that effect. That which is in the continuum of mistaken consciousness. Uh, but we'll look it up. It's right in the um, uh, mind in Tibetan Buddhism, uh, that exact definition. So we, if anyone wants to look up uh, the, the non-conceptual wrong consciousness, conceptual wrong consciousness, and then the examples and so forth in a, in a very clear fashion, we f you can find that in that text. <laughs> So when we look at the uh, seven uh, minds uh, in uh, uh, the seven different uh, divisions of mind, Ripa. Uh, uh, so uh, when we look at the definition of mind, uh, we say that which is aware, uh, that which is no a knower. Uh, so uh, that which knows or is a knower. When we look at the, de the divisions, we find seven divisions. We find direct perception, uh, inferential valid cognition, um, uh, uh, correctly assuming consciousness, uh, um, a consciousness to where the object was seen but not apprehended, um, um, uh, d doubting consciousness, wrong consciousness, I missed one. Direct perception, inferential valid cognition, correctly assuming consciousness, oh, immediately preceding condition, immediately preceding consciousness. So it's a direct perception, inferential valid cognition, uh, uh, immediately preceding consciousness or condition, Correctly assuming consciousness, consciousness to where the object was seen but not apprehended, uh, doubt and wrong consciousness. So when we look at afflictions, it would fall categorically under wrong consciousness. Country, what you're at? Okay, okay, yeah. Immediately preceding consciousness. Thank you for clearing up the misconception. In the past, I thought an action to be complete was thinking about it, doing it, and then rejoicing in it. Um, could you explain if or rejoicing fits into that somehow, if it's necessary? The Lama, the the Natsu, the lay, the Chambo Jin Chungo, the Lama, the the Tsanlogu, then Joagu, then the Jesu Yeronwa Yuna. Then lay, lay tsar. Then ama ngat de chan de trison. Then drawa gare. Then ama de lay, lay chembo guna de somgo. Je me joue son sens. Joa, moi je joue son sens. On a un débat inné. Je me joue son sens. Débat inné, débat chibores. Ni sans son nom de 
So Rinpoche is saying these are two separate topics. So the four aspects of basis, attitude, uh, performance, and completion are two se is a separate topic than the topic of the um, motivation, uh, the performance, and then the rejoicing. So when we previously talked about that, we do find, though, that um, way of breaking down karma in other Lamrim texts where we find how the, uh, these three are present then this creates the greatest degree of result. If two are present, a medium degree. And then if one is present, a small degree of result. Um, uh, so I asked Rinpoche then, uh, if, these, if we say these three are present, are the four present? Or if, in order for uh, any of these things to take place, if we look at the comparing the two, so if we have only the motivation, we um, then, or the motivation and the performance, for instance, then does that mean that all of the other four were already present? So Rinpoche said, this is something that is a good point to bring up and that we should look at and, and, and check the signs about to see uh, how these three relate to those four and if you know, uh, if there are all those four have to be present in order for one of those to produce a result, et cetera, et cetera. So Rimche said it's something that we should look at and that we do find those divisions in other Lamrim texts where we see the, those three. Um, um, and this is just a separate way of putting it that's not connected, but we should see how we can connect them. <laughs> Special bulletin. Sumba de dagi jepu la sumle. Oh, I see. What is the material of Natu Jungle? Debatition of the Natu de Gutti to Gulus, Laima, Sanga Sumar, Sanga. So Asanga stated uh, these three levels, and Rimache is saying we're going to get to that. Um, I'm going to find it right now. Here. The strength in terms of attitude, uh, the heap of the Jewel Sutra mentions, uh, so... Uh, With regard to wrongdoing, afflicted attitudes that are strong and long-lasting have greater strength than among these. Uh, hatred is very powerful. So in this section here, 
uh, we find uh, these, these points that uh, are going to be made that you're making. So we'll find that the, in terms of strength, uh, we'll get into in this section. uh, so uh, when we say shamelessness is that when you don't have shame, you're thinking that what you're doing is good. So you could say there's an element of rejoicing within the lack of shame. shame. Uh, so we we can look at this uh, these texts this text and look at the points later. Yeah. So that's the section. It's pa- I apologize. I gave you the wrong page before, uh, but it's page two thirty six where uh, the fruitional effects begin. Uh, we have a couple of minutes. Um, does anybody have a question? Rimache said today was a little difficult, but if you listen to difficult, then it's good. Listen to things that are difficult, it's good. And thank you for everyone's patience. A lot of this is new material for me also, so I just don't have necessarily always a frame of reference. But as we do it over and over again, that's the good part, that if we know that it'll become clear certainly it should so uh, we'll do the concluding uh, mandala offering and dedication prayer <clears throat> thank you everyone for coming The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. 
with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avokiteshvara, Tenzin Gyatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Suji Ramachay Gutsi <laughs>